In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Hey, do you need to attend a local church to be a strong believer? What is the blind spot for those who no longer attend a organized local church but still want to follow Jesus? What spiritual habits have you built into your life that make you a strong believer? Find out the answer to those questions today. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Man in the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Man in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your guide and host of Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men, helping you become your best version inside the stress bubble of life and beyond. Today is equipping men in 10. But first, I want to get into our hero story. As you know, our goal this year is to, to uh, acquire 365 stories of life transformation from you, or maybe your wives want to send something in. We want to celebrate that with you because, guys, we are the guides. You are the heroes in this story. God has put you on display, and we want to celebrate your wins. So, guys, send those hero stories. This week's hero story is number 20 out of 365, and this comes in from Oliver on Instagram, and he writes, I'm super thankful for the men's group that you've put together, by the way. My wife and I travel full-time, so having weekly meetings has been extremely helpful while we're on the road. Traveling is great, but the downside is that it makes it difficult to be in small groups. So I appreciate your resources. Hey, thanks a lot, Oliver. Hit us up uh, with your physical address at meninarena.org, and we will send you some swag. So I want to dive into today's episode, and the title of today's episode is The Godly Man's Habits. And so this is seven marks of a godly man. So let me give you the backstory here. So years and years ago, I was at a wedding, and the pastor who performed the wedding came up to myself and a group of 20-somethings that I was sitting with, and he began to badmouth the local church. So he had been a pastor, he had resigned, he had left the local church, and he began to rant about why we should not attend a local church. At the time, I was working in a local church as a youth pastor, so of course, he and I had an issue, uh, and the issue ended with him storming off in, into the crowd. And But it got me thinking, do I need the local church to be a devoted, solid, strong follower of Jesus. So I sat down and I started writing out like the things in my life that I thought were 
critical to the strength of my faith. And so I came up with these seven things. And like any uh, youth pastor or, or a man, I came up with a cool acrostic. The acrostic is walking, and it comes out of Genesis, where we learn of a guy named Enoch. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God. He was and he was no more because God took him up. So I thought, okay, what did Enoch do before there was a church on every corner, before there was an actual written word of God? You know, what did he do that caused him to walk with God? And so these seven things are things I think every believer needs to practice as a habit, a regular habit, to be a strong follower of Jesus. So here's the first one, W. Worshiping God on a regular basis. Now, I want to explain this because there's also almost a twofold meaning here. The first is that we would we would join other believers in a corporate act of worship. You know, playing uh, your your Spotify playlist or your your uh, iTunes playlist. Uh, worship is great, but there's something powerful when God's children get together and worship God, pay homage to God, uh, revere Him publicly. There's uh, 10 words in the Bible that mean worship. The Greek word proskuneo is mentioned more times than all other nine combined. And it literally means to pay homage like a dog licking its master's feet. And we see this word used in John chapter four, where Jesus says that God's true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. And the word for worship is this Greek word, this word proskuneo. So this is important, and it literally means to give your whole life over, to give your whole life over, to worship with your whole life. So that's W, that's worship. A stands for approaching God in scheduled time of prayer. Now, I acknowledge that 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says to pray without ceasing. To me, that's a listening prayer, that we are always aware of what God is saying. But over and over and over again in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus gives us his recipe to pray. We see Jesus going away in John 14, 23. In Acts chapter 10, verse 9, we see Peter going to pray. Over and over and over again, we see Jesus and his followers taking time to pray. And so my question to you is, do you have a war room? Do you have a prayer closet? Do you have a place? I have some guys I work with that they go to the hot tub, and that's their prayer closet. Do you have a—they don't go together, by, their, by the way. They're brothers. They have separate hot tubs. But do you have a place where you go to meet your maker? And this is really important that you have this scheduled time to pray. L stands for loving other Christians through fellowship. You know, Jesus said—it's really interesting in John 13— Jesus watched the disciples' feet, including Judas— Judas left to betray Jesus, and then Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35, this is how they will know they, the world, know you are my followers, that you love one another. So Jesus wants us, calls us into regular fellowship to love one another, you know? And so this is something that when a person leaves the local church, I have to ask the question, are you in Christian community? You know, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 talks about, you know, let us not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. So, there is a call, there is a push, there is a drive to fellowship. And when you leave the local church and you don't have a community or a small group to be a part of, you are going to suffer. And not only will you suffer spiritually, but those around you who depend on you will suffer spiritually because you are not involving them in community. And they, the world, will not know that you are a follower of Jesus. 
because you're not in community with a body of believers. So K, so we did W-A-L, here's K, knowing the word of God. You know, are you involved in spending time in God's word? Another question is, are you involved in a setting where you are sitting at the feet of a Bible teacher learning the word of God? Today, there are a lot of guys on TV, uh, radio, podcasts that are teaching you the Word of God. So I understand that part of it. But are you personally learning the Word of God? That's really important. And I, th- I believe a man should know the Word of God better than anyone in his household. I, are you investing your fiscal, your physical resources in the kingdom of God. You know, this is important to understand, guys. We don't own anything. God owns everything. We are stewards of what God has given us. So are you stewarding your resources well? Are you giving back to kingdom ministry? When I My giving goes to kingdom oriented groups. It doesn't go to secular groups that are run by Christians. It goes to groups with a sole purpose to build God's kingdom. That's what I give to. And there are verses and verses and verses and verses. And there's a way I do that. And there's a system that we use that I won't get into. But the key for you is, are you investing you know, in the kingdom of God? Some, some people are storehouse tithers. So their first 10% goes right to the church. Other people are 10% tithers, but they give to causes they care about, which is my wife and I. Other people just give generously over and over and over again, and they give way beyond the 10%. So the the goal here, I believe, is a 10% minimum, but you have to figure out what your your conscience is telling you. N, nurturing other people into disciples. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus never called his disciples to make decisions for Christ. He called them to make disciples of Christ. And I realize that we're all on a different journey. And so what we must do as believers is bring people along, our children, our spouse, our friends, the barista at the coffee shop, our waiter or waitress, that we're always out there trying to bring people along. And we see this over and over again in strong believers, that they're constantly trying to share the gospel with those who don't know Jesus. So the last letter today, guys, is G. It's giving your life away for the kingdom of of God, giving your life away to kingdom or Christian service. So have you, are you sold out is the bottom line. You know, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. So have you given your life to the gospel cause? You know, it's really interesting. Jesus in John chapter 12 talked about that, that kernel of wheat. I live in Oregon where we grow wheat, we grow oats, we go, we grow a grass seed. And when that, when that kernel of wheat is plucked off of that stock, it becomes bread, a tortilla, a spaghetti, all of these things. It, it, it just, it ends right there. When it's plucked off and it goes to the combine, it goes to the mill, it is, that seed is used to create something. But if that seed falls into the ground, it grows up and grows hundreds and hundreds of more seeds. You know, in John chapter 12, Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, it remains just a single seed. So what we do as followers of Jesus is we let go. We let go and we fall to the ground. We say, God, use me, use my life. And this is what I mean to give your life away to the kingdom cause, because I believe that every man is a minister 
and every minister has a ministry. So, hey, we got listed seven things today. Uh, w, worship. A, approaching God in prayer. L, loving other Christians. K, knowing the word of God. I, investing your fiscal and physical resources in God's kingdom. N, nurturing other believers. And G, giving your life to the gospel cause. How did you do? And you be the judge. Are you doing good with the local church, without the local church? What do you need here? My vote is always for the local church. I believe for me personally that the local church is the hope of the world. It has really helped me in my spiritual life. I hope it'll help you, but that's not what this is about today. This is about you assessing your spiritual health, one to seven. Hey, guys, make sure you head on over to our website, manlarena.org. Grab your free copy of my newest book. This is such a cool book, Man Laws, 101 Ways to Have Your Man Card Revoked and Rules to Live By. That's a just, man, it's a great resource. You're going to love it, guys. Hey, until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.